Who Dat, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish Podcast. We are part of Fansided, bringing you everything surrounding the New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? Who Dat, everybody? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, and we've got a long, very interesting episode for us tonight. What's up, guys? I am Charlie. I've been on the show uh, quite a few times, especially recently, and I'm happy to announce that I Guys have graciously, graciously added me on as an analyst to the show, um, and I'll just be providing you know insight uh, from watching the games live and going back and rewatching the tape, and little tidbits here and there that I've picked up throughout the league, different transactions and such like that, um, and then maybe more so in the off season talk a little bit more about contracts and that. But as for now, uh, I'm really excited to join the show as a little bit more of an official capacity and talk about the Saints. Honored to have you on. You deserve your own yeah. show. So, Three Musketeers now. Yeah, as, as long as we can have you. Uh, I think that's a win in our book. So glad to have you on, Charlie, as always. Thanks, bros. Uh, officially knighted into the, the Who Dat Dish podcast. So uh, dilly very dilly. awesome. And dilly dilly, Sir Charlie. <laughs> um, Tyler, how you been, man? I know uh, the loss has been tough on everybody. Uh, but, I mean, you, you, you've been pretty optimistic. But I also know you've been a... You've had some coping mechanisms lately. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. My coping mechanism is McDonald's. Uh, we're not there sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us, I'm down. Um, yeah, uh, they shook my <laughs> boat a bit, but um, I haven't fallen out of the boat yet. So that's right. my What's cool is say. you can actually find a coping mechanism. Like I, I yeah. can't. My only coping mechanism is I'm full on depressed until the Saints win again. Thank God for Twitter. Your yeah, right? your oh, your Twitter is your outlet. That's your cope. Imagine if you didn't what. Like, well, how how did you how did you survive before Twitter? What'd you do? Before oh, that? I just screamed at the TV. Like, <laughs> I could only scream at the TV, and my wife would always be like, "Babe, like Drew can't hear you." I was like, "But he right. can feel me. I'm yeah. yelling now. I know he can feel I'm my my, my, my spirit going through the TV." So now it's yeah, just you know, pound my thumbs on my phone, like you know. But yeah, that's a good point, man. Twitter Twitter definitely uh, helps you release when you're going through that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, what we experienced on Sunday. Uh, before we jump into it, guys, be sure to go to www.whodatdish.com. Check out Fantastic Saints articles, summarizing the games, previewing other ones. Who sizzled and who fizzled uh, is is one of my favorites out there right now by uh, Roy Anderson talking about, obviously, you know, who did well, who did bad, and the Saints 48-40 loss. Um, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast, official Twitter podcast account. Follow myself at Dayton underscore Brown underscore Tyler at Raymond Tyler M and Charlie at St. Charlie. Let's jump into it, guys. Um, obviously, the dome was not uh, protected this past Sunday. The Saints fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, very surprisingly, 48 to 40. Uh, absolute shootout, which the Saints are no strangers to. And uh, that's a set we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, the loss obviously came as a shock to Houdat Nation. Uh, and right now, it... it, it, it <laughs> It's just not in very good shape right now after that loss, just because of the shock. Uh, we really weren't expecting it. Um, the game started out actually very, very well for the Saints. Alvin Kamara had a uh, touchdown to open up the game for the Saints. They were up 7 to nothing, uh, And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers answered right back, blown coverage. And really, it was a story of very poor defense from the Saints. And, and after an offseason of... Uh, uh, improving in that department and after last season where we saw this you know defense become very magical on the field uh it 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 just absolutely fizzled out um and the saints ended up giving up 48 points uh which luckily we aren't fans of the detroit lions because uh, we put up more than 17 points while giving up 48 at home um and and they got annihilated on national television so there's a silver lining to this but the saints uh suffered uh one of the worst opening losses uh, in franchise history, not exactly by uh, points scored, but points given up and just the absolute uh, uh, expectations going into the game were that the team were going to win. Uh, the Bucks were absolute underdogs. Luckily, Drew Brees played very well, 37-45, 439 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, was only sacked once. Quarterback rating, 129.5, so very good. Alvin Kamara, as I mentioned, eight carries, 29 yards. He also had nine catches for 112 yards. He had two rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Michael Thomas, 16 catches, career high, 180 yards, also career high, one touchdown, uh, 17 targets, which right now is leading the NFL, both categories, including catch percentage. Um, guys, before I go on any further about uh, uh, the positives, uh, Charlie, I'll start with you. 
the glaring side of this game for the Saints was the defense. Why did the results turn out the way they did from this defense after we've, you know, just been hyping them up after what we saw last year and during this preseason? What was the most glaring issue on that side of the ball, and, and why did it go wrong against the Buccaneers? Well, if you go back to preseason, like our starting guys, they they looked like they were in trouble. I mean, we in even like okay, so like starting unit versus starting unit during the preseason, we saw we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette go right down the field and score immediately, no problem. Um, we saw a similar result against the uh, the the card the Cardinals. We, it was like every week during preseason. You know, we had it in the back of our head, like, man, you know, the, the first unit just doesn't look that good. I don't know, maybe because they're not really scheming and everything's kind of vanilla and, you know, different assignments aren't really being harped on and you're just running your base, it's okay. But I remember during that, I'm like, yeah, it's okay, it's our base defense, but our base defense still needs to be competitive. It still needs to make stops. It still needs to fly to the ball, you know, not have gaping holes in the run game or blown coverages, just you know, base defense is typically very vanilla, but also kind of safe. And I don't know, to me, it just kind of rolled into the, it rolled into the first week. They were, the defense did not look like they were, they were prepared for what they saw. Um, I think, you know, the flip side of this, of these 48 points has to go to the Bucks. Um, you know, for scheming a great game plan, but it, the team just did, they didn't look prepared. I don't know. There's, there's three there's three A's in playing defense in football. There's there's um, alignment, assignment, and adjustment. And alignment wise, when you go when I went back and watched the tape, I don't you know I didn't really think anyone was out of uh, alignment. But they, there were blown assignments. I mean, Absolutely. on there's blown assignments in the running game. There's blown assignments in the pass game, and we didn't make proper adjustments. I saw three different linebacker com- combinations. The nickel package was DeMario and Anzalone, which I thought that probably is our best nickel linebacker package because they're the most yeah. a- most athletic. They can fly to the ball. Um, and then we saw we saw uh, Teo Klein and Anzalone or Teo Klein and and, uh, and Davis. We saw, you know, they kept shuffling around the linebackers and with the same result. And honestly, I crushed Klein, but there were a few plays where I saw him sticking his nose in there and run support, and really, really did played okay when he was in there. Um, another thing that that just jumped off the the tape to me was there are a lot of passing downs that um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Saints didn't think in certain situations the Bucks would be passing, but there were a lot of passing downs where Tyler Davison was lined up at at nose guard or in the three technique. And it's like, why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. We have these pass rush specialists that have been talked, you know, talked up in Onyemata, Rankins. You know, mm-hmm. you can even kick. I know he hates this. But you can kick uh, Cam inside. You can kick Tyler right. Davidson inside. You can kick Mitchell Laven inside. You, you know, because we have we have pass rush specialists. Like we have the most pass rush specialists I think that we've had as the team in a while. So I don't know what what just jumped off the tape to me was it was. We we didn't look prepared, and then the little bit that we did, we didn't execute at all, like at all. And it, I don't know. I mean, forty eight points in a season over. There's just no excuse for that. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really buy the whole. Oh, it's just week one, and we have to. Jo-. How do you go from being, you know, after week two of last year, the Saints were consistently in that top ten to twelve in the league as a defensive unit. How do you go from that to mm. like the worst defense in the league? Just because of an offseason. And you were supposed to upgrade. Demario Davis is supposed to be our best linebacker. Kurt Coleman's supposed to be better than Kenny Vaccaro. That's why we let Kenny Vaccaro walk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Marcus Davenport was worth two first-round draft picks. I thought he played well. I thought he played okay. But the defense was supposed to be better. And it just it was just horrid the whole game. Yeah. No, it was – it was. Uh, and, and especially after, you know, the, the, the last play of last season, you know, how, how disappointed – uh, we were, but you know, we 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 talked about this defense uh, bouncing back from that and going up against a backup quarterback. Uh, you know, playing for the for the Buccaneers, who coming into the season, what they they they're still really not 100% regarded as a challenging team in the NFC. Um, and they put up 48 points on you, and one of the first you know plays of the season, and it just went downhill from there. Was that Deshaun Jackson bomb? 
touchdown 58 yard pass and um looking back on the tape uh and i i know i know it's been posted around twitter and it's just so so uh you know frustrating to watch for sure but it 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 just sucks to 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 see it floating around because it was just so bad guys that 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 i I don't know what what was going on with that i don't know it's hard to tell exactly which coverage they were running and and by the time you figure out what it is uh you you realize the mistake that that both crawley and uh um von bell as well as marcus williams made um but it, i i think it, it mainly falls on the williams shoulders and you know that sucks for a guy who's supposed to be having a bounce back season um and yeah but but the buccaneers just gutted us everywhere is ryan fitzpatrick 21 to 28 417 yards 156.3 pass that's 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 as close as perfect perfect pass rating as you can get four touchdowns peyton barber 19 carries 69 yards um, Fitzpatrick had 12 carries for 36 yards, as well as a touchdown where he trucked Marcus Williams. That that's also that was also really painful to watch. Yeah, Marcus low Williams man wins into the end zone. Low yeah. man exactly. Yeah, and Ryan hats off to him. You know, uh, very aggressive play call by by the Buccaneers, and they executed it. Cam Jordan was out of position, um, which you you know don't don't usually he see. It. Um, and yeah, yeah, he absolutely just whiffed it. Uh, Mike Evans seven catches, 147 yards, and a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson, as I mentioned earlier, five receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and yeah, yeah, uh, Chris Godwin also had a touchdown reception, a very, very nice touchdown reception. Credit to Ken Crawley on that play for the, the tight coverage there. But that was a great throw by Ryan Fitzpatrick, good haul by uh, Chris Godwin, keep his feet in bounds. So, um, but other than that, the Saints uh, defense just, there was no penetration. Um, Alex Okafor really just, you know, uh, lacked explosiveness as, uh, you know, Charlie talked about on Twitter. Um, and, uh, Sheldon Rankins was getting double teamed. Most of our defensive tackles were getting double teamed. So that left, uh, Camp Jordan to step up. And unfortunately he, uh, he wasn't there. And the, the, the thing that frustrates me the most though, is what, what you talked about adjustments, Charlie, why didn't the saints, uh, adjust more on defense going into halftime? It, it seemed like they, they, they just tried to stick with the same plan, maybe change a few things here and there, but it, it just wasn't working and we were getting torn apart. Uh, why wasn't there a quarterback spy for, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, George, yeah. Jordan mentioned it. Uh, he said that yeah. going into the game, they didn't expect, uh, uh, Fitzpatrick to scramble like that. They expected, you know, him to, uh, uh m- move around, but not that, that laterally. Um, and, and it's like, Oh, okay totally understandable but at halftime why didn't dennis allen realize that or address that or anybody else on that defense and say hey let, let, let's try man spy a few plays see, see how that works and and uh, that that's not risking a whole lot because when you rush four guys as they did on that deshaun jackson touchdown to to start the game for the buccaneers they only rushed four guys that left seven guys in coverage and he, he was wide open down the field that can't happen uh, and so throwing in a, a quarterback spy, you might as well uh, uh, to to stop the bleeding because Fitzpatrick that that 11 yard rush was also just absolutely sealed the game. And I would like imagine if the Saints get that stop right there, whether it be an incomplete pass or even like a short pass that that ends in you know fourth down, get the ball back. They they have a legitimate shot at tying that game up uh, because they they had a surge going in there. But you know uh, uh, he he you know, scrambled outside of the pocket, got a first down and, uh, sealed the game. And it was terrible. Um, Tyler, uh, yeah. to you, man, what, what, what was the most frustrating part about this game for you? Two things before I get into it. One, uh, every time I watch the Buccaneers score to this day, since seeing that game, I, I still cringe when I see them score points and just obliterate our defense, which seems like a, a football nuke. That's what it seems like. And the other thing is, um, Marshawn Lattimore, when he was getting interviewed about, you know, everything, he was like, oh, yeah, well, it took, like, one slap in the face to see where we really are. It sucks that it took this bad of a slap. It seems like Ryan Fitzpatrick was in a boxing ring with the Saints defense and one hit KO'd them, if that's any metaphor for this. But um, it sucks that it happened. But for me, I don't know what's worse. Seeing, seeing them physically get beat, not shedding blocks, not seeing them – you know the the defense, the defensive line that we hoped be there wasn't there, or just the coaching, just miscommunication. You know, just passing. Uh, like there are so many different plays where one uh, one Saints player uh, passed off a uh, an offensive weapon from the Bucks off to another player. The guy didn't get picked up and went unnoticed. It just torches them. You know, I don't know what was worse. You know, but 
at least I think at least with the miscommunication, it's still going to be an issue. But it's something that they notice now is obvious that's going to be fixed. But I don't know, just a physical thing. Like if you get your secondary fixed, what's going to happen if you still give opposing quarterbacks all day to throw? You know, yeah, like I mean, what's going to happen? What what it looked like was <clears throat> the part of the problem in the past game was, you know, we didn't do any sort of press and then when we did line up as if we were going to press like they just had pretty easy releases and if you're not getting like so the, obviously the pass rush in the in, in the back end they work hand in hand like if the quarterback is going to throw the ball quick and that's basically what Fitzpatrick did he wasn't dropping you know taking nine step mm. drops and surveying the field for an hour. I mean, there were a few plays where he was kind of sitting back there for a long time, but a lot of these throws were, they were out in, you know, two to three seconds. It's not like they were long developing plays. And that's just a, that's just a sign of you're not getting in the receiver's face. I mean, and that, that, or they were just running down the field right past Ken Crawley or, or the safeties. And, <clears throat> that that just can't happen. I mean, the Saints the Saints are a, a press man team. We we typically don't do that well in zone, unless if we mix in some man zone schemes, and uh, and we just I don't know. It looks like the game plan we had. I mean, from what I could tell, it looked like we thought that it was going to be the Peyton Barber show, and they weren't really going to lean on uh, Fitzpatrick to beat us through the air. And it, the exact opposite happened. Like just how just, did you even just, do it? Yeah, I mean, just seeing Tyler Davison on the field in these passing situations, it's like, what do we do? I mean, that's not a knock on Tyler. Tyler is a good nose tackle. He's a good run stuffer. But his his forte is not rushing the passer through the inside. We, we were told that that's why we spent a first-round draft pick on Sheldon Rankins. We were told that's what everyone was seeing in this magical development of Onyemata over the summer. And that's why we took we took a – you know, a guy out of Canada that had only played football a few years in the third round, we were told he was going to be molded into this awesome inside pass rusher. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, it was, it was a bad game plan. And even to me, an even bad worse everything. execution. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I think right now, it's, you know, uh, I think uh, on the flip side, I think it's funny. The saints definitely have enough uh, tape to go over. I, I bet you uh champagne's definitely ripping them a new one. That's for sure. But, um, what do you guys think? You think we uh ripped on the Saints enough uh, tonight? You think we should uh get to the uh, positives of the game? Yeah. With yeah, with yeah, there, there's there's a couple of them, and I also got to yeah. give a shout out to Ted Ginn Jr. Who I forgot to mention when I was listening off the sets. Um, he also had a touchdown reception in the game. Uh, five catches, sixty-eight yards. So uh, uh he, he he played a nice game. But yeah, Peyton Barber. Um you know, still was able to, uh, uh, you know, run better than I was expecting against this Saints defense. I thought at least uh, that that front four was able to, and credit to Tampa Bay's offensive line. So, you know, they were, they were clicking on all cylinders and, and there. Bus. But, yeah, let's get into the positives. Yeah, yeah, man. So, it's funny. You know, when you look at the positives for the Saints, there are a good amount of things to look at. You've got uh, the offensive line, even with Pete being out, they did very well. You look at Drew Brees, looked as great as ever obliterated their secondary, even though, uh, sadly, it wasn't enough. Uh, Alvin Kamara looked like he never missed a beat, you know? Like, he just picked up where he was last last year. Offensive rookie of the year, keeps on trucking away. Michael Thomas literally was insane, besides the fumble, which is, we'll talk about that, but he was insane, too. But uh, let's start with you guys. What do you guys want to kick it off with? Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, the O-line. There's a lot of good talk to talk about in the offense so it looked good uh i mean ben watson didn't do a lot but it it kind of was refreshing to see a tight end being able to run up the seam and make catches yeah or he, that fourth true. and four catch like he impressed me a lot it, yeah it felt good to have ben back and have him be sort of that steady guy at tight end he's not you know not a world beater but he can make plays and obviously drew has a a level of comfort with him that he's He's built up, so that that's one positive that doesn't you know immediately jump off the uh, the tape when you when you go back and look at it. And, and outside of the obvious ones, Drew Brees was 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 almost perfect. Yeah, like you said, Michael Thomas was almost perfect. Um, Alvin Kamara looks like he's gotten a little bit faster, mm. <laughs> if that's more possible. Shifty. More shifty uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he's 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 great. And I thought that even the announcers during the game were talking about how it was clear that Sean. 
Sean Payton didn't really want to overdo it with him in the first game, but you almost had to though. You had you had to. I mean, we were in a we were in a game that that needed Alvin Kamara because our defense couldn't get a stop. We needed we needed the, as much firepower on offense as possible. And uh, the little bit that I saw Marcus Davenport play, I did like what I saw. Like that's what other people were saying he, too. I think he 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 does well in pursuit in the running game. Um, his quarterback hit was a clean hit. That was even Al Riveron, uh, head of officiating yeah. in the NFL. He even said that that was a, that was a bad call. Um, that was textbook. You know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more of of him. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get lucky because I think the Browns left left tackle situation is kind of iffy. So, yeah. and we'll get into that a little bit later. But I I kind of hope that we see a little bit more of Marcus. Marcus Davenport, and uh, before we get too happy on the Saints and start getting positive, one more negative is uh, <laughs> the kick return game is still just horrendous. Mm. I mean, mm. It's bad. And, it's bad. And it's we got so bad. We got Mike G fumbling too. That yeah. that's 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 good. That's when the the Superdome. That's when we knew that 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 game was. You was, can't. That can't happen. Bad. That cannot happen in that. that situation. That was. That to me was like. The fatal blow, even mm-hmm. the yep. you know the third long run that that Fitzpatrick had. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us to even be in that position is just because Drew Brees yeah. is great. A but like Washington, yeah, the Mike Gillisley fumble that to me was like and he had two fight. arms rounded too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is he known for fumbling? I don't. He fumbled. He fumbled against. I think that's he, why they got rid of him. Well, he fumbled against us in a game too, a couple years ago. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it was two seasons ago. He fumbled against us, or maybe maybe it was last season when we played the Patriots. Oh yeah, week two. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that can't happen. We should call him fumble for that like, one. The coaches yeah. and the player personnel guys—they're obviously all smarter than us fans that just oh, watch yeah. TV. But <laughs> like, I don't see why it's not Jonathan Williams and Boston Scott. Like, no, right? No, that's what I'm I saying. thought. Yeah. Boston Scott showed enough, but I don't know. Maybe they are just not ready for that. I don't know. Those you know, moves. and even Peyton said like he's they're they're still gonna need Mike Gillisley just to fill in. That's mm. <laughs> why put some duct tape on his arms on the ball because yeah. that can't happen, especially in that kind of game where every possession, oh yeah, the Man. offense feels the need to score because the defense can't get a stop. I mean, there were times during the game where a field goal was a stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just yeah, that's just awesome. Was, no. Sorry, sorry to get back on the negative side. No, yeah, you're yeah. good. And we didn't even have them punting. Uh, the uh, the Buccaneers punting, I think, till the third quarter. Can you believe that? Wow! Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? Stopped. And that's after we were already down like two scores. It's like, all right, well, I know. Thank God we were able to hold him to a field goal. Right. You know, it's like right. here, here's Breeze. Got to put yeah. his helmet back yeah. on, and he has he has to score, or else we don't He's have a chance. Heart, I mean, it, it's sure. just unacceptable to me. It's unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I do want to give credit, another positive, uh, to uh, Will Lutz. Uh, he was, I guess, you know, perfect on his extra points and made a field goal. So, I mean, you know, that was uh, that was a good thing going for us. Um, that thing and, feels good to have a kicker like that. Yes, I mean, we have, yeah, you know, yeah. Before him, it was the kicker carousel. Yeah, one of the best <laughs> special teams units in the entire NFL, too, Thomas Morstead. Uh, yeah, I mean, thank God we have, we have, yeah, thank God we have one of the best punters in the NFL, too, because... Uh, well, I guess we we won't be doing that much this season, but when we do get the the few opportunities to, um, it, it it's going to be very important, and especially when games like this where every position counts. So, uh, but hopefully yeah. we won't be giving up fifty eight fifty yard bombs uh, again. Get back into the negatives, my bad. But yeah, really big shout out to Alvin Kamara. Thirty four fantasy points too, by the way, for Kamara. Second they all in the entire league. So well. Absolutely ate it up. Uh, yeah, second, he hooked me up. Second behind Tyreek Hill, he hooked me up too. Uh, you guys doing good in your fantasy league so far? I know you, Charlie, you're in like 17 different ones. You doing three leagues? I won two out of three. I won two. Nice. Out of three. There you go. Nice, Tyler. You won one. Uh, Robert Woods uh, secured the victory for me, even though I want him to um give me more points. It was Robert Woods and Carryon Johnson who got like mm. no points at all. But um, I, I won my fantasy league 139 to 135, so I'm pretty happy. Yeah, Thanks. Drew Brees also did fantastic fantasy, uh, as did Michael Thomas. Teddy and Jr. was uh, if, if 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 anybody, he's not he's not really owning any leagues, but if anybody had him at the flex, they had a they had a really good day, very surprising day, um, yeah. for for Teddy and Jr. There, so so good good fantasy outputs by the guys, um, and I, I so really offensive side of the ball is really where all the positives lie. I mean, I, I, I can't really find a gra- I've got uh, other, actually other than a bad Davenport, thing for the offense. Other, other than Davenport, like Charlie mentioned, that was good. 
uh, other than that, there was really nothing, nothing I take away like that. That that really impressed me. I didn't. What's the negative for the offense? I was gonna say really quick. Well, two turnovers. For yeah, sure. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not taking care of the ball. Besides that, though, um, it's it's the fact that like nothing against Austin Carr. It's the fact that Cameron Meredith uh, didn't play. You know, is that a confidence in him or? Yeah, what is, is that a function of his injury? Like, is he not 100% back, or is it I have, a, I have no clue. Thing? He could have been definitely really helpful, because they I barely know. use Carr, you know? Yeah, he did. He, uh, I believe he had two catches, though, yeah? Two catches. Yeah, but I know yards, there yeah. were some plays where they just, like, I think somebody was telling me one play where you had a, a wide-open Austin Carr, but Bree mm. still chose to throw it downfield to Michael Thomas. Mm. You know, that was contested, you know? Right. Well, like. I don't know. What are yeah. you going to do? Let's Meredith, just hope he's back next week. Meredith would have been nice. It probably is because of his injury or some yeah. some sort of – I don't know. I really hope it's not. Or or maybe they're just being cautious and thought they didn't need maybe. him against the Bucks. really is, is, is probably their thinking because uh wanted to give Austin Carr a go maybe just to see him. You know, Maybe they were anticipating a much easier matchup and a smoother ride. So I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. that, that leads me into the next question. Is Tampa Bay better than we thought? I mean – if, if, so. if Ryan Fitzpatrick continues this on, there's I, there's a chance that Winston doesn't want to start. I mean, if he goes, if, if if he performs like this every game against who they're playing, very very tough schedule. They play the Steelers as well during the schedule. It's going to be really really tough to put Winston back in there if you're, if you're the Buccaneers. I think. I agree. Because you got Fitzpatrick has the hot hand. But, I mean, are they better? They they have weapons on offense. Deshaun Jackson was a much bigger factor than I was thinking. Mike Evans, we know, big, tall receiver. Uh, he did fantastic in fantasy, too, by the way. Uh, Shout-out to Ryan Doyle from the Peter Plank. Interviewed him last week. He was spot-on with that. He he, he, he believed um, Lattimore was going to get beat by, by Michael Thomas, and, and he was he was spot-on so, with that. So, so wrong. Um, or, 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 I don't know, is that an overreaction, guys? What are you guys thinking on, on the Bucks? Better than we were thinking? How 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 good is Fat Fitz? Is he good enough to be un unbenchable when Winston comes back from his suspension? It's all you, Charlie. You go well, first. Well, Fitz is Fitz is an up and down roller coaster kind of guy. I don't know if it was because you guys were talking to or maybe it was the episode we had uh, when we got to have Nick Underhill on. But I remember at one point, um, was, you know, Fitz is the kind of guy who can show up and do that, and then the next week show up throw four picks. Yeah, you know what I mean. It yeah. just seemed mm-hmm. like. I don't know, man. It just seemed like when everything clicked for him and everything clicked for the offense. The offensive line played great, and there were some questions on the offensive line. And, and another difference between this year and last year with the Bucks is I think Peyton Barber has really emerged as their 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 mm-hmm. their main go-to guy, where last year I think they were still trying to figure that out. And having a, a strong running game, I mean, it just opens everything up. And Deshaun Jackson's still one of, if not the best deep threat guy in the league. You know, Mike Evans, one of the better big receivers in the league. They have two very good tight ends in um, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. Those two guys are good. And then even their their third and fourth wide receivers, Humphreys and Godwin, those guys are good. I mean, they're yeah. and, and that's just on the offense. The front the front seven of of the of the boxes are that's really good. It's really tough. I mean, McCoy's a beast inside. They have JPP on the outside. They picked up Vinnie Curry. They have a beast linebacking core. The Bucks, in my opinion, have been underperforming because of mm. like with that roster. So yeah. I mean I don't and, think they're a forty-eight points a game kind of no. team, but they're they should be winning some games. And as far as if Winston, you know, when he comes back, I don't know. I mean, if they're four and zero, absolutely, you got to roll with Fitz. Mm. But if they're two and two, one and three, there, then you, you have the conversation because you did invest a first round pick. I mean, right. as far as arm talent, you know, Winston does have more arm talent than Fitz, and you know, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, that's a tough call. Yeah. Um, and for the Buccaneers too, a lot of those guys on offense outside of the, the running back core have been with the team for multiple years. They've been able to gel. Godwin's been with the team for a while. Humphreys Jackson's been with the team for, I think this is his third or fourth season with the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously Mike Evans drafted, uh, it, what, what was that? 2013, 2014. I think he was part of the 2014 draft. Yeah. 2014. Yeah. I think it was selected over Odell Beckham. If I, uh, if I remember so. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a veteran on this team. Uh, their offensive line for the most part has been fairly consistent. They've had the J.R. Sweezy drama and whatnot, but, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been the backup. This is the second season as the backup for the Buccaneers. Winston's been there since 2015. So they, they've joved well, well together. Um, and I think that that's an underrated aspect of that. Also want to mention real quick about the Saints before I get to Tyler's thoughts on the Bucks. Uh, mm. where was Trey Smith? 
Yeah, right. He played. He did have snaps. He he had like he just wasn't he wasn't looked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was I I was hoping he would get a couple of catches. I was more surprised Austin Carr, even though he got the start, got catches more catches than Trey Smith. Honestly, yeah, I think that Michael Thomas is obviously oh. by far and away the receiver. I yeah. mean, he's obviously our best receiver, but he's the one who Breeze trusts the most. Mm-hmm. And Breeze was in a game where every time he got on the field, he felt like he absolutely had to score. He had to score. And if you're in that type of situation, you have to find your best player. Yeah, that's true. You know? And that, that leads to me like Come another word in this game. Yeah, it's a, to me it's another worry because it, it – I mean I even like tweeted during the game. It was like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Michael yeah, Thomas, right. Alvin Kamara, Watch Ben Watson, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas. And then, you know, Ginn did his thing, had, had what, five catches and a score, which, yeah. which is pretty good. But, you know, I don't know. I mean we got to – I'd love to see Traquan Smith step up. And maybe right. Everybody can. does. Yeah, I mean. But, yeah, it is, it is just one game. Obviously that's very early evaluation and – he did. Luckily, he did get snaps. Only I think he only got targeted once, uh, or or maybe not even at all. But uh, yeah. Anyway, Tyler, thoughts thoughts on the Bucks or really quick too. Uh, somebody brought it up that um, uh, as great as it was that Michael Thomas saw so many receptions, Drew Brees is known for having that variety going to multiple targets. So I I think it'll be a lot easier for the offense to flow. Because think about, like, really quick, like, you're going to have defenses adjust to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Like, as great as they are, they're not unstoppable. You know what I mean? So you're going to have offenses adjusting to them. So I think we need to spread out more. But um, about the Bucks, though, I was just going to say that um, they've had a lot of skilled players for a while. It's been on their defensive line. It's been the receivers, mm-hmm. their tight ends now. It's been everywhere. And the thing is, too, I say every time we play them, the Buccaneers play us so hard and so well every time. Look Always. at just last year. I mentioned the last podcast how yeah. we had a game where at the very end of the year we were pro- projected to beat them easily. Mm. But what happened? We slipped. They took advantage, and they beat us. So We had five picks that game. Yep. Yeah. I was you know, at that game down in Tampa. It drove me, it drove me nuts watching that game. We lost by yeah. seven. Gave up 31 points. As much as, as, much as oh. I want us to win this game, like a part of me in the back of my head – Regardless of what the score is, it's like if we don't play lockdown on every single cylinder on this team against this team, it's going to be tough. And like a part of me was just like, I knew it. You know, it's like either we they came in too prepared. We didn't go prepared enough, but they're a good team, though. And I think like right now, if you see, you know, the Panthers and the Falcons um, sputter, you know, especially with their injuries, we'll get into that later. You could really see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to like really like make a move for the south and that's what worries me yeah but. i mean the thing with the bucks has been consistency they yeah they're absolutely. very inconsistent they can come out the gates looking like that and then they can fall apart and you know the bucks just got it they just have to stay they just have to stay consistent yeah yeah and uh so that leads me i into into the next obviously mm-hmm. uh checkpoint for the saints and that's week two against the browns what are the simplest adjustments for the Saints? Obviously, there 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 needs to be a lot done on the defensive side of the ball, both on the field and the film room. What they really need to pay attention to, communicating as well. But uh, you know, this Cleveland team coming off a tie against the Steelers, they're very amped up. Um, and that's so, starting years for them. What are yeah 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 that's 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 true. <laughs> um, but also, that's the the Saints have been zero and two every year since twenty fourteen. We 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 I'm 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 not. I'm very nervous about playing the Browns. Me too. I, I know you are too, Charlie. But I'll ask you guys this: with, with I mean, they, they got Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon. Uh, they got uh, uh, Njoku. They got Duke Johnson. Carlos Hyde had had a lot of rushing yards. There's a lot of weapons on their off side of the ball as well. Uh, uh, you know, compared to Tampa, uh, and it's going to be tough for the Saints to go against. So simple adjustment. Obviously, more safety help. I, I I think is number one in my books. What are you guys thinking? Simplest adjustments. The Saints need to make going up against this team you want me to go first charlie or yeah go man go ahead okay so for me it's a couple things i think uh it's funny i'm trying to find inspiration here uh you know those uh those game huddles uh, at the very beginning of the game the jubilees talks to everybody about yeah. um you know before the game starts I-, I believe a few times he said like know who you are play together like be yourself like do what you do best like something along the lines of that 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 has to come full uh, circle with the Saints, you know, like 
you've got the defensive rookie of the year. Sure, he's been hyped up a lot, but you saw him last year. He is a great player. He needs to do his thing. We need that fabulous uh, safety, Marcus Williams and the other guys, all contributing to help us. We play together. We play the best when we are together, when we are all cumulatively making plays as a defense, whether that be a pass breakup, uh, you know, uh, a deflection from the defensive line, anything. I think we need to play together and just really, like, hold it down. Ben, don't break. I've said that before on the podcast, you know, and everybody was talking before the game on Twitter. Man, I'm going to boss this. I apologize. Uh, Bonk game, bunk game, you know, whatever, bunk like gang, the game, yeah. like they need to get together and be themselves, you know, do what they do best and feast against a, uh, like a questionable Browns team, you know, a team that could easily be under 500 this year. We need to go in there and kick butt in the Superdome. And another thing is, I think we need to give maybe like, I think Charlie, I think you mentioned it earlier. We were rotating linebackers. Why weren't we doing that? Obviously our defense was getting obliterated Sunday. I'm surprised when it. You know, uh, rotate players. Let's see more of Trey Hendrickson. Let's see more of the players that are still maybe not as great as our starters, but could still provide something. So that'd be my thing for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, like, what is it? Five out of the last six years, we've lost our mm-hmm. opening game. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I went like, to one of those losses against the Browns. It was awful. We lost to a field goal. What? Like, what is it about why... I don't know. What is it about our summer program that mm. we can't go into the season prepared to win? It, I know, it's right? just, I don't, you know, and, and Peyton says this all the time. We all know it as fans. Our best seasons are the ones where we start fast. Last year, in many more cases than, than one, was an anomaly. I mean, we started off slow and we were able to piece it together and come together, gel, and start winning some games. But in the Peyton Breeze era, we've our best seasons have been ones where we start fast. What is it about the first week or the? First, I mean, I get it. I get it that the summer programs are different now with the CBA. I get it that you you get less practices, you, less time with the players, and all that. But what other teams show up and win first the first mm-hmm. week? You know, what I mean? is it are we trying to do too much, or have we have do we just not have the right pieces in place? Until week three or four, I mean, it's just really weird. Something that that obviously has hindered the organization for a while is going into the season prepared to win and start fast. And we saw that last week. And honestly, we could see it again this week. the The Browns on offense have a lot of talent. They have they're stacked at wide receiver. They have a very solid uh, running back core. Their quarterback doesn't turn over the ball. Tyrod is a very good quarterback in this league, and their defense is extremely talented. And they're coached by Greg Williams, who I think we've kind of got, you know, a feel yeah. on his style and all that. But he's got a lot to, to work with over there. Uh, they have, you know, great pass rushers. They have good linebackers. They have a pretty mm-hmm. good secondary. I mean, they, as far as, like, adjustments I would make going yeah. in, the, the, the defensive backs need to be more aggressive. They need to be – we need to be more in-your-face and sticky Absolutely. coverage. You know, like, no more soft coverages. I get that Josh Gordon's fast. But – Jam him at the line with with maybe a safety over top, and and generate a pass rush. But Absolutely. and then also respect that Tyrod has legs, just like just like Fitz. You know, like I don't know, show up and execute. But yeah, the 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 adjustments I would make defensively are defensive backs need to be a little bit more in your face and aggressive off the line, and not give these receivers. So uh, Free releases, yeah. Not no no more free releases or soft releases. Because uh, no. then defensively, then that's what I would do. Tyrod has less time in the pocket. Like like he he has less time because his the the it's going to take longer for these routes to develop, and that's hopefully going to kickstart Absolutely. our pass rush to be able to get some momentum going, getting to the quarterback a little bit because they didn't sack Fitz at all, and most of the hits they got on him were flagged. Uh, yeah, some of yeah. Actually, correct, you but. know what? I didn't know. I mean, maybe this is just my fault, not really paying attention to all the rule changes. I didn't know that falling on a quarterback mm. with all of your weight—that's the Aaron Rodgers so rule. Stupid. It's the Aaron Rodgers rule. Aaron Rodgers rule. That's they, exactly right. That's they, what that yeah. is. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's and and I wish I had the tweet. Now that you bring that up, but uh, I saw a tweet earlier. I think it was even by a player, but they were, they they said you can't tackle the quarterback low, can't tackle him high, you can't tackle him in the I middle. Saw and that put your too. weight on him. Like, like, how are you going? Because if you tackle him high, helmet to helmet. If you tackle him low, 
Tom Brady rule, you know, dangerous for the knees. If you tackle him in the middle, uh, that's you're most likely going to put your weight on him when you're going to the ground. Now that's a flag. Like, it's it just very confusing. And that's that's another negative of the game was the, 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 the flags, even though, you know, we, 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 we don't 100% agree with the rules or even the, the calls uh, by the officials, especially on, you know, a couple of the, uh, um, you know, roughing the quarterback ones. Um, we still can't have penalties like that really yeah, hurt I mean, the team. Good teams adjust. Yeah. Good teams adjust to the new rules, and someone is going to lead the league in sacks, and it's going to be double-digit sacks. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to be good enough to figure out how to get to the quarterback and get him to the ground without committing penalties. Yeah. And you know why? Why? Why do we? Why do we have to sit and complain about it? I mean, as fans, we have every right to sit and complain about it. But as, mm-hmm. as, yep. as players. Your job's to adjust. I mean, the best right. teams, the best players adjust to whatever it is they need to adjust to to make sure they win the game. And that's something that we need to, Absolutely. Need to adjust. I mean, the Davenport thing was obviously really misfortunate. He that was a perfect quarterback hit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean I mean the Broncos got uh or excuse me, the Steelers got seven sacks uh against the Browns. Hopefully that'll play in for the Saints, but also that led the league. So there's there's definitely ways to get around to it. Um, and obviously, Khalil Mack went off on Sunday night when Deshaun Kaiser was in the game, and a little bit at the beginning when Rodgers was in the game too. He was looking good, as was that the rest of that defense. So yeah, it's definitely possible. Good teams adjust. Real quick before we jump into uh, the other NFL scores and talk, uh, this, this loss was painful. This is the last. I'll, I'll, I'll mention it for now. But <laughs> we've had some pretty painful losses over the last. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give five or so years, or I could go ten, but. Uh, we've had great wins, but uh, how? Where does this rank in some of the worst losses? Obviously, uh, the last two games against Minnesota, uh, the playoff game was awful, uh, or at least the ending to it was was just you know the 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 worst memory. Uh, and then Monday Night Football opening against them a year ago was also really bad against the Vikings. And a couple years ago, opening I I I believe it was Week One in the dome against the Raiders, uh, two point conversion they got with yep. Jack Del Rio as a, as a head coach then. Uh, that that end of the game, mm-hmm. two point conversion, they won, and Saints Saints fell to zero one. That's been part of the struggle. That was on uh, Ken Crawley. Yeah, yep. He was a rookie is, uh, there. He was an undrafted rookie, and uh, yeah, Derek Carr threw a perfect fade route to Michael Crabtree, yep. and that was all she wrote. Am I uh, my missing a couple games? What, what where would you guys rank this? Pretty bad. I mean, it, it, they're all bad in my opinion. Well, up, yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to <laughs> you got to you definitely got to separate the uh, the yeah. playoff losses from the regular season. But as mm-hmm. far as as far as regular season losses, I mean, I don't know. It's up there. Nothing's worse. I don't know. Denver loss is really bad. Not, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing is worse to me than losing to the Falcons. You oh, know, yeah. like Absolutely. the Bucks are a, the Bucks are a division rival, but mm. it's nowhere near what's going on with Atlanta. Like, yeah. I, like last year, I said I went to that Bucks game in Tampa. The fans are cool, man. They're joking with. They got their arm around you when they beat you. You know, it's cool. It's a lot of different. It's a little bit different with the Falcons. So every yeah. time losing to the Falcons. Hate, like last season's Falcons loss sucked. You know, we got five picks against Matt Ryan and still figured out a way to lose. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, these opening week losses, they suck. They really, really suck. And and in this Browns game, it has it now has all of us with our guard up. You know, like we went in this season ready to roll. We thought, you know, we were a lot better than we were, and we got smacked in the mouth as the team and then also as fans. The Brown game the Browns game worries me. The Saints um, they don't play well against the Browns. I mean, the all-time record: Saints Browns. The Browns thirteen. The Saints four. And awesome. yep, the Saints are. We've lost uh, five out of the last six games versus the Browns. Like, okay, you want to talk about the worst losses? I remember these Saint these Browns mm. losses. I, I mean, was at one of them. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, you were at one of them. the. Yeah, I guess it was the twenty fourteen one where uh, was it? Gabriel, who was wide open at the end of the game, and, and uh, Brian Hoyer just hit him. Actually, mm. that was the game where uh, Craig Robertson got an interception. I swear to God, that's the game that made us want to recruit him. But uh, mm. <laughs> that mm. game was tough. And in the 2010 game where the uh, I think they, they rolled up 30 points on us at, ho- at, at home. Yeah. Like, these Browns games, they're so How damn annoying. do it? I don't know, dude. It's just weird. Sometimes, I mean, I well, Bruce has never beat the, the, the Ravens. So sometimes, like, there's yeah. just these matchups across the nfl where teams struggle against each other and we struggle against the browns the browns are more than capable at this point in my opinion of of beating the saints on sundays so 
We better have a damn good week of practice. Look, and we're healthy. You know, like yeah. knock on wood, we're a pretty healthy team. So as far as, you know, missing key guys, like that can't be an excuse. Our best players are on the field. 2012 yeah. home opener against Washington to RG3's debut game. I know that's longer than oh. five years ago, but that was also very painful. Yeah, I was at that game. That was that was absolutely terrible. I mean, that was also wishful thinking, you know, like yeah. Sean Payton was suspended and we're like, you know, right. this is BS. You know, we're going to we're going to still win. And but we still had an opportunity to win that game a couple of times. And yeah, that was a crazy uh, shootout match, yeah. and we got yeah. got outdueled by Robert Griffin III. Yeah, it's, um, it's really crazy. Yeah, wild. Sorry, Tyler, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm actually no, no, uh, you're good, man. You're good. Um, so, uh, with that being said, though, uh, let's uh, you know, um, the Saints are only one team of 32, and we're going to talk about the other teams and how they fare just in a minute. But before we get into that, just want to quickly mention this actually brings up a great point why this should be the Saints' year. And why the Saints should take advantage of what's happening around them. Uh, obviously, you know, the Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, <clears throat> two great teams in our division, just both lost key players for the Carolina Panthers. Their veteran star tight end, Cam Newton's apparently favorite target to go to, it seems like these days, mm-hmm. Greg Olson, rebroke his foot. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, the Panthers are trying to be optimistic about it, and they think hopefully he can come back uh, during the season. But, um, We'll see. And the Falcons just lost. Not only did they lose Keanu Neal, the, the person that intercepted Drew Brees uh, uh, the last time we played them that ended up stealing the feed for the game, but they also lost playmaking linebacker, who seems to apparently have Drew Brees' number by now, uh, Deion Jones, too. Uh, so they lost both of those guys, and those guys were out for the year. So I think this is just a crazy turn of events. The yeah. Saints were actually relatively healthy. We're praying on Pete, <laughs> but um, yeah. this is the year that we need to like capitalize on, the, not to say these injuries, but just how the cards are falling. The Falcons are 0-1. The Panthers beat an easy Cowboys team. Like We can do this. We just need hope. But as for the rest of the on other 30, 31 teams, you've got, let's see here, you had... I was shocked to see Deion Jones go on the IR, too. I don't know if you guys were too. I I, I I didn't hear anything about his injury beforehand, so I was really shocked. Neither did I. IR. I didn't, yeah, I didn't I know it was that serious. Field. That was wild, wild to me. It benefits us. I mean, you know, unfortunately it benefits us in the long run. You have <laughs> yeah. to see injuries, but, you know, that is, that's key. And Keanu Neal, yeah, very talented guy. But uh, Falcons' next guy up, they, they, they do have some good depth, but their defense relies on a guy like Deion Jones making the play. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as the games, though, speaking of the Falcons, we will start off with them. Uh, they play the uh, Super Bowl champion, champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, on Thursday Night Football. And the Eagles, it's funny, um, the Falcons had another opportunity to take the take the lead and win the game, just like they did last year in the playoffs, but choked. Atlanta is known for choking. And it's funny, um, they end up losing 18-12 to was the final score in that game. And... Uh, the funny part is they didn't have as many fans in their national region area watching the game as the Saints did in New Orleans. I, I forget the exact logistics of it, but the Saints wanted to see the uh, the Falcons Falcons lose more than Falcons fans wanted to see them beat the Super Bowl champions. So we had to throw that in there. Other scores around the league, you have the Ravens slaughtering the Bills 47-3. to You have the Steelers and the Browns tying. Congrats, Browns fans. You didn't lose week one. You had the Bengals beating the Colts soundly, thirty-four no to twenty-three. They still don't hmm? get their Bud Light. They still don't get their Bud Light, and <laughs> and, ho- and hopefully they don't get it next week. Yeah, yes, no, they, they won't. Don't. Hopefully not. You had the Dolphins beating a close one against the Titans, twenty-seven to twenty. You had the Vikings and Captain Kirk beating uh, Jimmy G and the Forty ers twenty-four to sixteen. You had the Patriots again, as always, beating the Texans, twenty-seven to twenty. You have the Saints game. We'll just leave it there. You have the Jaguars beating the Giants 20-15. You have the Chiefs uh, beating the Chargers by 10, 30. That was a shocker. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the Chargers were going to play better, you know, but what are you going to do? You have the Redskins soundly defeating the Cardinals. This was the real shock to me because I'm worried that week five when I go see them play uh, for Monday football. But you had them winning 24-6, and then you had the Panthers barely beating the Cowboys 16-8. You had the Seahawks and Shaquem uh, and Shaquille Griffin beating the Broncos. Oh, no, wait. The Broncos beat the Seahawks 27-24. Yeah. 
And then you had Aaron Rodgers somehow, some way, despite an injury and uh, the press conference where it looked like he was doped up on pills, uh, beating uh, beating the Bears 24 to 23. You guys need to go check that out if you haven't seen yeah. it. And then Monday Night Football, just the other night, you had the Jets uh, whooping the uh, Lions 48 to 17. The Rams beating the Raiders 33-13. So across the league, guys, which games uh, stood out to you guys the most? What do you think of the NFC South so far? Wow. Let's talk about it. Um, first, first off, uh, you know, uh, that performance by Aaron Rodgers was absolutely crazy the way he was able to lead the team back. But the Bears, just my fantasy team too. The Bears just kind of broke down in the second half too. I mean, like credit credit where credit is due to Green Bay, but Chicago really looked like a changed team. And Khalil Mack had you know limited snaps. Roquan Smith also had limited snaps. He didn't get into the game until you know later on in the second quarter. So kind of kind of odd game plan in, in the second half for you know a rookie head coach. But uh, that that game stood out to me the most just because of you know Aaron's comeback. But the Bears looked good uh, at the beginning of the game, and I was impressed with uh, uh, some of their play calling. But again, defenses can figure them out. I think Green Bay looked just as good as I was expecting them when Rodgers was on his own. So I still think yep. Green Bay is a, a scary team. Shout out to Philly winning. That's that was a Big game on national TV. Yeah, very happy as well to see. Obviously, Falcons losing. Uh, it's 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 very nice for for Saints fans, but also you know uh, impressed uh, with um, Doug Peterson and how he's able to really move uh, the game like chess pieces. Uh, I think he's a re- really really good head coach, and obviously the results have proven that as well. But yeah, a lot of good games, and I, I uh, also shout out Sam Darnold, man. Put on a show after throwing a pick six for his first NFL pass leads the team to a forty-eight to seventeen win. Absolutely fantastic! I thought it was a glitch when I went on because I, I I wasn't able to watch the game until tail end of uh, or beginning of the fourth quarter. And I go into the ESPN app and I'm like forty-eight. Are you kidding me? This has got to be a glitch. And sure enough, forty-eight seventeen. That that was crazy. I know, right? But uh, Todd Bowles is a hell of a coach, man. Great coach. Oh, absolutely. I like Todd Bowles a lot. You know, and I one of the things. Him. Well, he's a good defensive-minded coach, and yeah. that defense flies around. And they got yeah. some, they got some good players. That that Jamal game was Adams definitely a shocker. Yeah, Jamal Adams yeah. looked good. Yes, I didn't. I didn't well, another question. Yeah, I love Jamal. I, awesome I didn't. Game. I didn't know that was Jamal Adams' first interception too of his career. He had he had, he had a really yeah, good right? he had a really good rookie campaign without having a pick. So, I, I was surprised by that. I actually yeah. just saw um, Adam Schefter tweeting that uh, Bucks cornerback Vernon Hargraves might. Might be out for the year with a shoulder. Really, no, they're dropping is, like flies. I mean, they have nobody else. Yeah, I yeah. Grimes, Devontae Harris. Hargraves, start now. Yeah, no. Harris is on about, IR. Devonta Harris oh, is on yeah, IR. That's right, crap. He's down yeah. too. Somebody will have to now. <laughs> well, yeah, the the Saints are relatively. I, mean, I guess we'll find out what's up with Pete, and we'll find out what's up with Meredith. But for the yeah. most part, the Saints are really healthy. And poor Bucks. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. You know, I saw it was weird when he fell down. I thought he maybe hurt his wrist or something, but it was, right. uh, according to Adam Schefter, it's a shoulder injury. And then for, I don't know if you guys, um, you guys follow Dr. David Chow on mm. Twitter. I if do not, see. you absolutely have to follow him. He's he's at Pro Football Doc. He used to be the team doctor of the San Diego Chargers back when mm. they still were in San Diego. And he's since retired, and he's doing the whole family thing now. But he has his own podcast, and he does a lot of radio spots. But he'll do live analysis of injury. So mm, what's wow. amazing is he can see he can see a hit, or he can see the way a guy falls, and say, okay, well the way he fell, it looks like that'll just be you know a sprained knee, nothing That's torn insane. structurally, and. And then he'll follow that up with an article. But yeah, I mean he's he's great in his you know I, I just made me think about him because talking about all these all these injuries. Yeah, at at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. He's an, he's a must follow, especially on Sundays. Medical analysis yeah. is one of the coolest things out there, man. Instant, like instant medical analysis, you know. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Good call. Any other game you want to mention, Tyler, over the weekend? I, that I just wanted to mention one quick thing. Um, uh, giving the fans at home, I, I, I guess, a bit of perspective from our eyes. Who do we see right now? I, I know it's only one week, you know, and uh, we can't exactly make a ton of analysis from one week of scores. But let's just talk about the NFC for a moment because, of course, the Saints are in the NFC. Who do we see as right now the front runners of taking the pack as far as the playoffs? Tampa know? Bay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd say Green Bay. Yeah. What do you think, um, Charlie? I say right now that, honestly, the teams 
who we thought would be there showed up except for the Saints. Mm. The Rams looked like one of those teams. The Vikings looked like yeah. one of those teams. The Eagles looked like one of those teams. And yep. um, you know, then you had the surprises like the Bucks and and such. But the teams that were supposed to look really good week one all, to me, looked pretty good week one and ready to roll except for the Saints. And the Redskins, Yeah, I would have thought. I mean, there's some people around here who think they're going to be really good. Uh, Jim Miller of um, – Sirius XM NFL Radio thinks he actually picked the Redskins to win the NFC East this year just because he's really? a big-time uh, Alex Smith fan. And that front end of that defense is pretty good. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to put the Redskins as that good. I still think they have a way to go. But, yeah, man, I mean, all the teams who we were told and who we thought were supposed to be good week one in the NFC showed up and did what they were supposed to do except for the Saints. Besides our yeah. team. Which, which yeah, sucks. it's definitely really weird. Yeah, but um, score forty points, score I, forty points, your week opener, yeah. and it just <laughs> it just wasn't good enough. Minnesota looked <laughs> really good too. Minute, I yeah, I NFC North is is shaping up to be really good. But yeah, Adrian Peterson balling out on the Redskins. Shout out to yeah. him. Sorry, we we'll see how long bud. that lasts. We had we had to trade you, but I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, and for me, uh, I just think um, I think it's gonna be crazy in the North, and I think. Am I right? I think the Vikings play the Packers next week. I might be wrong, but um, um, w- whenever they play, it's going right. to be a really good matchup. That's yeah. what I know. But um, absolutely, yeah. With that being said, though, let's let's kick it back to the Saints and something positive. There's been a lot of negative in this podcast. We need some positives to really close out the show, and it's our second. Everybody knows and loves. It's the reasons why we love the Saints, and. I, I, for those of you guys who don't know, it's really simple. It's in the title. It could be literally anything, you know. And last last time I did it, I mentioned Marcus Davenport because it was his birthday. So uh, this week, I'll kick it off first. I've got a couple people. Um, the first one is uh, the guy who, uh, if he if he was in a video game, his weapon would be a broom. Uh, Sean Payton. Yeah, he's got a song named after him. You know, hits Sean Payton. You know, he's uh, on the surface. You know, he's such a lovable guy, but. Underneath, you know, he's the aggressive guy that does a chokehold sign to opposing teams and really, like, wants to run up the score and everything. He's a beast. And uh, he's one reason why I love the Saints. And the other one is just um, where we would be if we still had certain players on our team. So um, I saw on Twitter recently and Instagram that, one, Junior Gallette is trying to reach out to the Saints. I thought that was pretty funny. As Saints fans were sort of mocking him, the other Saints fans want to come back. Please no, please no, please no. Yeah, right? <laughs> That'll be a different episode, a whole episode dedicated to him if he comes back. But um, uh, on Instagram, Keenan Lewis uh, was tweeting, uh, not tweeting, he was just posting like, <laughs> oh, Mr. Payton, I'm ready. I'm I'm healthy like 2009 or whatever. And I'll take him. I want to come back. So, yeah, I'll take that's him. something. But those are my guys. Go ahead, Charlie, if you got something. Uh, let's, I'll uh, do a little bit of a twist on why we love the Saints, but uh, you guys know today is September 11th. Um, yes. Thank the, you, you know, so much. Seven, 17th uh, anniversary of of those of those attacks, and uh, just like to give a shout out to any of anyone who listens to this show, to people who are first responders, you know, po- policemen, firemen, nurses, paramedics, military people. You know that that was really that was uh, you know that it shook the soul of America and, and those are the people who kind of held it together. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I have friends who are, who are, you know, members of those different groups as far as first responders and military and stuff. So I just would like to give a shout out. Um, yeah, I remember, remember when that happened, they, they canceled, they canceled the games that Sunday, right? I remember like, yeah. there were no games. And then, you know, football is, is it's just one of those things. It's a game that, is obviously uniquely american you know we it's our sport it's not a sport we share with the rest of the world as far as uh you know where it's from and who plays the game we share the sport to enjoy with the world and obviously we want that to grow but it's a uniquely american sport um and that this is the birthplace of it and it's also just like the grit like the grit of football it just kind of represents the u.s you know it's like Football is the only sport where every play you're lined up across from somebody else and yep. you have the mentality of it's either him or me and I'll be damned if it's going to be me. 
And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you like, it's it's the only sport that's like that. I mean, it's because it stops so much and it's not the, the, the only competitive sport, but it's, you know, in America, it's the most brutal sport. You know, maybe, maybe hockey can give it a run for its money because hockey is a pretty, pretty tough ass sport, but, um, football, you know, the saints, uh, it, it kind of brings people out of, of, of bad things like that. You know, like, it was it was refreshing to watch football after 9/11 because it was something that everyone could kind of gather around and watch and kind of kind of distract you from what's going on and that's that's why we love the Saints you know you can have a crazy crazy week of work but yeah. you still have that Sunday in the back of your mind where it's like you know my team's gonna play you know I just just got to get to Sunday just got to get so you hope they don't mm-hmm. you know crap the bed and lose but. You know that's that's one of the reasons why I love the Saints is is because it's just during the football season it's it's something to look forward to even during the down years you know even during you always have hope that that they'll that they'll get a win and so that's that's why I love the Saints. Fantastic! Thank thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, yeah, shout out to everybody involved, uh, the first responders there over in New York, and I know Tyler, you live uh, near there as well, so um, obviously you know uh, affected. Not just people uh, uh, in New York City, but everybody uh, across America and, quite frankly, uh, around the world. I was only five when it went down. Yeah, I was going to um, say, was where, five. where were you guys at that moment? What were you doing? Um, I knew you guys were younger than me. I know where I, I was. Know. You want me to tell you? Well, so, yeah, go, Tyler. Okay. Uh, my brother was having um, – we were getting a consultation on surgery for his tear ducts, and we were in a waiting room. And my parents couldn't believe it because we just had – Justin got in there. We just got there, and they said, you know, the first plane hit, everybody thought it was like a, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean a plane hit a building? And then the second one hit, my parents knew it was terrorists and everything. Then my dad couldn't believe, you know, when, like, the first plane, plane, when the first building collapsed, just everything. But I was with my parents super young. I missed school that day. Um, uh, We're getting a consultation with my brother for getting surgery. But that was me. What about you, Dayton? You were five? What were you doing that day in kindergarten? Well, yeah, it was actually uh, when the the first building was hit. It was actually five a.m. my time. Second building was five forty-six wow. my time. So, uh, wow. if I remember correctly, we slept through it, and school was canceled for us that day because I had I was in an a.m. class. Uh, so I believe yeah. they canceled all a.m. classes until you know they 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 figured everything out. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, I, I I do remember Dang. waking up and it being on the TV and uh, my mom being in shock. Um, yeah. Just, just I was in uh yeah, I was in at? I was fifteen, so that's how old I am. I was <laughs> You're uh, good, man. I was a sophomore in high school and I was actually in my like uh it was a social studies class, but it was it was a government class. So it was like it was the perfect teacher uh to have because you know, obviously mm-hmm. he was he had he had really good knowledge. Like he I was, you know, looking back now as an adult, because I remember I mean I remember I remember uh, sitting in class, and it's like a normal day. It's in September. All you could think about is the, you know football practice, and and that you just want to get the hell out of school for the day. And I remember the principal coming on the PA system saying, you know, I'm instructing all 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 teachers to turn on to turn on their TVs to the news. The students need to see this. And you know they're wheeling the TVs into the room and turn on, and you see uh you see the first tower smoking, and mm, you know crazy. you know as a, as a kid, if high schooler, you're like, what the hell is this? And then, bam! The other, the other, uh, the other building gets hit. And then at that point, you know, you like girls in your class start to cry, and they're, you know, what's going on? Just one girl was from New York; she had family in New York. You know, I live mm-hmm. in Maryland, and uh, I went to high school just north of DC. And you know, one of my best friends at the time, his dad worked um, worked at the Pentagon, so he's like, "Is my oh, dad?" Man. You know? And then later on in the day, when the Pentagon got, he's like, "Where's my dad? I haven't heard from my dad." Wow. So. Yeah, I remember I was in high school class, and the teacher actually did a pretty good job of trying to explain what was going on. Like, believe it or not, there are people in this world who who hate you and who hate us, and this is this is the product of that. But that yeah, was wild, man. I just wanted to, you know, <laughs> no, end the yeah. Saints podcast You're on good. remembering 9-11 yeah. because it's just one of those things where it's just kind we of, it's do, kind of appropriate everywhere, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. Yeah, no, thank you for bringing it up. I wish we would have plugged it at the beginning of the show, but uh, I'm glad, glad we got it off here at the end. Fantastic finale. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it is just absolutely crazy to think about 17 years later. Um, and, but, but it, it, this country has gone and grown so much stronger from that. And, uh, we've witnessed the resilience that, uh, that the people here can, can, can withstand and, and show. 
So uh, I, I think that's that's absolutely fantastic. For the reasons why I love the Saints, um, I'll shift to uh, Cameron Jordan tweet. I know all of you have seen it. Um, I'll read it out loud, though, because I just think it really hits home. Responsible for 41 points on defense. In all caps, unacceptable. 24-hour rule can't come fast enough. We've got plenty to improve upon. We must improve rapidly. We will improve this week. Hashtag who dat. Showing his commitment to understanding that the team was definitely not playing anywhere near the best they can and that he was in shock at their performance and that they're going to get back to the grind. So I appreciate, you know, Cameron Jordan tweeting that out. And uh, I, I and, and if it's, you know, with consistent behavior that he's shown in the past, they are going to improve, and he for sure is going to improve upon that. So and taking yeah. taking ownership, you know, yeah, he yeah, took ownership absolutely. of it. It's not one of those on his oh back. well, you know, things didn't go our way, or we yeah. we didn't play the way we wanted to. No, he straight up said we played like crap. It's yeah. unacceptable. We need and to get better. Love that. Absolutely, I love it. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's all the time we got, guys. Um, real quick, I'm gonna go to uh, Charlie Tyler. Plug away, uh, whatever you guys want. Tyler, you can do the sign off. Make it make mm-hmm. it a little bit quick, but yeah, let's yeah, uh, I got it. wrap up this episode uh, really quick too. Uh, we didn't mention it. I'll mention it right now for all the people that live in North South and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Be safe. Um, Florence. Hurricane Florence is coming around quick. If that reaches landfall, it's gonna be bad. So our thoughts and prayers are out to everyone out that way, especially if you yeah, listen and to listen the podcast, to what so. l- listen to what people are you know are telling. Bring you. your pets with you. Don't yep. leave them behind. Yeah, don't leave your don't don't leave your your pets behind. But listen to what the local people are telling you. If they're yes. telling you to get out, then get out. Don't try to wait don't it out. Brave. There's nothing worse. You know, our buddies down in New Orleans. My, I you know, I have a bunch of buddies down there now, and they 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 tell me, look, man, the worst thing to do is when you ride out a storm, and then you have no water, no AC. It's just hell. Yeah. You know, yeah. Take pictures of everything. You know, before you leave, get out and. Yeah, man. If if anybody That's listens cool. to this in the Carolinas, do what you need to do and take care of yourself and your family. Yeah, absolutely. As, as far as the social media goes, uh, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. That's where you can find our official Who That Dish Podcast account. Dayton Brown, you can follow him at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow Charlie at St. Charlie on Twitter. You can follow myself at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to check out www.whodatdish.com. Find out all of our great articles there. Check us out on Facebook. That's where he posts articles and the podcast episodes and make sure to find out where our episodes are you can find them at spreaker.com and on itunes just search the who that podcast fantastic uh, be sure to rate us five stars on itunes as well if you enjoyed again thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll be back later this week to preview the game against the cleveland browns again thanks so much we'll talk to you soon and as always who that who that